Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast with Kirsty and Isaac. If you are an Amazon seller looking to grow your business with some of the latest tactics and strategies, along with some great guidance for your overall business, then you are in the right place. So pay attention and if needed, take notes. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast for Amazon sellers. Today, in this seventh part of our continuing series, we're going to talk about learning how to focus on completing and spending your time on the highest impact tasks and projects in your business so that your talents as the head of the company are maximized to help the business grow quickly and with agility. Most Amazon sellers spend their time floundering day to day because they don't know how to do anything to prioritize all the things in their business. And a lot of times, they just assume they have to do everything themselves as well, which we've talked about before. But basically, you don't have to do everything yourself. Today, we're going to talk to you about how you can grow your business properly by focusing on the right projects for you as a CEO in your business, and then learn how to manage and delegate the rest of the stuff. Yeah, right. So in the in the business, you know, we mostly focus on our financial goals. You know, we're always focused on how much am I going to make, what my daily sales going to be, what's my annual goals going to be. But really, the financial goals are there to give us the money, right? So we can actually do more stuff. That's that's the reason why we want the money. No point just having it in the bank account, although some people might like that as well. But we want it to do stuff for us. So the problem is that we can be so focused on the money and not the time that we actually end up creating another job for ourselves that we spend more time in than the job we were trying to escape from, which actually then ends up paying us less. So that sounds to me like hell, right? You're kind of moving away from a a full-time job that does pay you a salary to a full-time job with more hours and less pay. So that's definitely what we don't want for you. But it's your job, right? I mean, you created it for yourself, so it must be more fulfilling, right? No. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. No. no. I have got there myself at some point as well. And you're like, what am I doing? This doesn't make any sense, right? That's why a lot of people end up quitting because they're like, yeah, why am I doing this? It It doesn't make sense. So, and there's so many things, right, about being more productive. This really annoys the crap out of me. So, you know, it started off what? get up at five. And literally I've seen get up at 3am, you know, to get ahead of the day and get stuff done. But that's creating another type of hell, right? Number one, you're going to be knackered because, you know, there's no point getting up at 3am. But basically what you're doing is you're just kind of trying to, you're, you're number one saying to yourself that you're failing and that you're not as good as everyone else because you have to get up so early. And I remember you used to have this conversation all the time and going, yeah, I do not get up early. That's, you know, you get up a bit earlier now, maybe, but not I get up a lot earlier now because I have a child, but yeah, Yeah. it wasn't wasn't by design necessarily. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. There's no point in being productive, right? You just want to be able to do more with less. And so actually one thing that we really focus on with people is just setting up the business in two hours a day. Because then when you're ready to leave your full-time job, you've got it all set up nicely. Um, You know, you've got the freedom that you want because it's going to be cash flowing for you. And you've actually already done it in two hours a day, right? Now, it's easier said than done. You know, I'm sorry, I'm sure you're like, yeah, you know, great stuff. How am I going to do all this in two hours a day? And it is difficult to figure out what's the best use of our time. So that's literally what we're going to talk about today. It's not necessarily about being more productive. It's about how do you use your time in the best way to get a bigger result so that you can actually create the right business for the lifestyle that you want. So the key areas that we're going to talk about today is how to actually know what stuff is important for you as a CEO to work on in the business. Also, how to know what tasks are urgent, but then you can likely get someone else to take them on. How to know what tasks are not important and not urgent and just stop doing them forever. And then also how to make sure that you stay accountable 
to the high impact tasks, even when things get hard, right? Because there's going to be sometimes when you lose momentum, but those are the key things that you still need to work on to exact, you know, get the result in two hours a day. Yeah. And it's so funny because we're talking about that two hours a day, right? So I've got two Amazon businesses and then obviously we have the coaching company that we have. So basically three businesses. And I was, I was having a conversation last night because I was out uh, for Cinco de Mayo with some friends and basically said, oh man, I got a full day tomorrow. And then I thought about it. I was like, I'm working for five hours. Like it's not a full day. <laughs> and I'm talking to people who literally have actual work. Like they have to get up at like six to go to work at, from like nine to five or eight to five or whatever. And I'm like, oh yeah, sorry. I sound like an idiot right now. But yeah, I, like in my head, I'm thinking, oh, I've got a whole bunch of stuff to do. And I'm like, it all gets done in five hours because that's how productive I am with my time. I'm like, that just seems like a lot because normally I, I block stuff out and then I make time for other things. But in that five hours, I have to get more stuff done than normal. So in my head, it made sense. But to them, when I said it out loud, I was like, oh man, I might sound like an asshole right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, you know, it's a bit like when someone says, oh yeah, I just don't have any money. And then that you've got like a hundred grand in the bank. Or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, maybe for you, but for other yeah. people, that's not, that's, that's a ton of money. Yeah. So let's first talk about some important things you should be focusing on each day, week, month, and year, because the CEO is not the person that has to do everything in the business, very beginning of the business. You will do likely almost everything, but you should start planning to delegate the stuff out that you don't need to do uh, in order for the business to, to grow, because essentially your job is to scale and grow your business. It's not to manage the day-to-day -day little tiny things that, that come up, right? So think about these things when you're, when you're thinking about what you're going to spend your time on product development, project management, sales forecasting, key metrics ana analysis, networking, personal development as you and on the, being the CEO, and overseeing cash flow and financials. That's literally probably like the seven strongest things you can do in your business on a weekly, monthly, yearly, you know, quarterly basis to keep your business moving forward. If you can stay on those seven, you know, kind of, if you wear those seven hats, instead of like thinking about how you've got to do every little tiny thing in your business. Like, oh, I've got to write every listing. I've got to, you know, respond to every customer. I've got to write every customer review, you know, response or whatever you got to do. I actually can't do that anymore, but whatever it is, you don't have to do all that stuff. You need to find ways to grow your business. The seven things I just said, product development, project management, sales forecasting, key metric analysis, networking, personal development, and overseeing cash flow and financials. Those are the seven ways. There's probably a couple more but those are seven huge ways that you can grow your business if you focus on those things. So think, you know, ask yourself, and we talked about this in, in previous episodes as well of this series, you know, what things do you need to focus on for the next quarter? You personally, what does the business need to achieve? But what do you actually need to achieve in those things? What can other people take, right? So you're not going to be the one, you know, creating your packaging and your images for your listing. Just like you can't do graphic design, or photos or anything like that, you probably need to say, I need to let go of some of this other stuff. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. And we'll talk about how much you actually are worth as a CEO later in this episode. But think about those things. Think about how you can grow your you know, impact in the business by focusing on only impactful and growth projects. That's where you're going to find you know, that you can actually help your business a lot more than just think, thinking, hey, I've got to go in and do all these little things, respond to every single customer or whatever. You know, you might not get that many customer emails a day, but you shouldn't have to be doing that. I mean, there's, there's, you know, people that can be doing this for you that you can then, you know, elevate yourself through the business. Yeah, exactly. One of the, the key things that I did when I started the business, somebody asked me this the other day, I was on the podcast and they said, oh, so when, when was it that you first had your first hire? And I was like, in the first two weeks of the business, because <laughs> yeah. I was like, there's no way I'm going to be doing customer service emails because I knew that if I 
spent time doing that, that I wouldn't get the stuff done that I needed to do to grow the business as well. Also, I hated it. So I just felt like it was a waste of time. (laughs) Um, But we're not saying you have to do that. But you want to be thinking that way for the future. Just those core things that you just went through there. Like we ask people this all the time. And we say, hey, what are the traits of a CEO? And they rattle off all these things, right? And then we say, okay, so what are you doing right now every day? And usually they're not doing any of those things or they're doing them on a very small, you know, basis. Yeah. And so just ask yourself those things, you know, am I actually doing what I think a CEO should be doing? And yeah. generally you find that you're not doing it. Well, I think I think people think when they hear CEO, they think of like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and, you know, Tim Cook and all these other guys. And they're like, no, you're a CEO too. You just don't act like it. You yeah. need to act like they would act in your position. So think about what they would do if they were in your position right now. Do you think they would sit there and go, oh, I'm not going to make any projections. I'm not going to analyze any data. No, because they know that they know that your business would fail if they did that. So act like Tim Cook or Steve, you know, Steve Jobs or whoever you want to pick, but pick one person and say, if they were running my business, how would they act in my situation? And then that'll tell you a lot about what you're actually not doing in your business properly. Yeah, exactly. So in terms of those things, and then we talked about that are important for you. Let's talk about some of the things that you're probably doing right now, which all of us do, that are urgent, but not as important for you to do personally, right? And uh, this is something that Isaac talked about a little bit. You know, one exercise that we like to do is how much are you actually worth as a CEO in the business? So this is an exercise that we get a lot of our members to do. And what we want you to do is just think about, okay, what do I do in a week? One way to do it, I think we've spoken about this on a few episodes, is what we call the reverse to-do list. Actually, it's not ours. It was from Peter Shalard. And it's a great way because you don't have to think about it. You literally just write down what you did every hour, what you did, or just write it down at the end of the day, what you actually did that day and how long it took. If you do that for a week, you'll start to see the kind of things that you're doing every day. Um, or just do a brainstorm list of what you think you do in a day, right? And then what you want to do is attribute an hourly rate to those things. And that's literally how much you're worth. So for instance, if you spend, you know, I don't know, three hours doing uh, customer service stuff, and that you might not spend three hours doing that, but, you know, people do spend an hour like looking at social media groups, they might be on free Facebook groups trying to figure out, am I going to find the next hack in all these groups, right? And then you end up more frustrated than when you started. Um, you know, that's time. It's At the end of the day, that's kind of wasting your time. That's literally minus dollars, right? Because you I'm didn't just going to say the exact same thing. You might as well just yeah. take money and flush it down the toilet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, um, because you're not going to get an answer that's correct it's free it's kind of like just people just telling you what they've done it's all hypothetical it's not related to you in any way exactly you don't even know if it worked right and you know we've all done that right we've all taken bad advice so it's going to cost you more in the end so just think about those things and did you make money from it number one and if so what would it have been what was the task and um Think about the things that you should have been doing. So, for instance, all those core things like product development, project management, sales forecasting, um, analysis, those are going to be hundred, if not thousand dollar tasks, because at the end of the day, that's what they're going to bring back to you in the business. If you can fix your conversion rate, you can double your business, right? Mm -hmm. And so that could be worth $10,000. So this is what we want you to do is be conscious of what you're doing every day and actual what value are you creating in the business, not just also for you in terms of your your income, but the value to the business. 
as the CEO of the business. So if you're getting paid to run a seven or eight figure business, if you're aspiring to be a seven or eight figure business owner, then do you think you should be doing $10 tasks or even $100 tasks for that matter, right? you got to start somewhere. So um, let's start with the $10 ones because I'll guarantee even if you're doing seven or eight fi- seven figures, you're probably doing still $10 tasks along the way. So things, um, examples of that would be, like we just said, responding to customer emails, trying to overturn bad reviews. I had one in the group the other day, which was, actually it was today, I think, you know, how do I get returns back from Amazon? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, who cares, right? Yeah. Honestly, guys, you don't need to do that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, I want to just... see what's wrong with my product. Why did somebody return it? People could return it for any reason whatsoever. Let Amazon handle it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if it's a massive, major problem, you're going to yeah. get the complaint. You're going to be able to get a report from Amazon to tell you what the problem is. Yeah. And so that might make sense. But, you but know, then at that point, you're not doing returns. You're probably pulling out the pulling whole Pulling out part. the stock. Yeah, and then looking yeah. it over, yeah. Exactly. So those little things that, or, you know, another one would be a salary selling my things on eBay. What do I do about it? <laughs> right. Don't do anything. Buy your product. Yeah. Selling it themselves, whatever. Awesome. Yeah. Usually it's a seller who's reselling it, say somewhere like Walmart or eBay, and they're, and they're asking more for it. Happy days. You know, yeah. they've probably bought it from you. Now, of course, if you've got things like hijackers and things like that, that's like an urgent task that you probably need to do. But again, it's probably only still going to cost $10. So you can hire someone that can help you with those things. Mm-hmm. You know, calling Seller Central. Another one might be, um, you know, removing negative seller feedback. Um, that can be done easily now at the touch of a button that someone else can do. Um, pressing the request a review button, right? You can automate that. The, most tools now allow you to automate that. So yeah, it might cost you $10 in time to set that up, but then it's done for ages. So think yeah, about yeah. ways... Number one, it can be automated, but also then who can I pay $10 to $10 an hour to do all these $10 tasks for me so that you can move on to the $100 tasks and the $1,000 tasks, et cetera. And, uh, you know, once you get them to do that, you can train, create a training document, obviously, but then you can get them as as the business evolves to keep doing the retraining um, so that they can tell you what they're doing as well, right? Because yeah. you kind of forget those things after a while. Even creating shipping plans and things like that, you know? Yep. Over time, you can outsource all that stuff as well. Yeah, and if you think about, like, what would Jeff Bezos be doing in your business? He'd be setting up processes so he didn't have to spend all of his time to actually do the business. So the very first thing, even if you gave him the exact same amount of money as you have in your bank account, and he had to start from scratch, first thing any good CEO is going to do is set up structure. set up training documents, set up plans, strategies, you know, processes. And then he's going to start to find people who can fill in those, those roles that can take those over. That's the first thing CEOs do. The first thing CEOs do when they wake up in the morning is not think about, Oh, how many customer reviews am I going to respond to? Or how many feedback do I got to remove? Not at all. It's like, how am I going to grow the business? And it's not going to be through some, you know, simple back and forth actions of of customer service. And I'm not saying customers aren't important because they absolutely are but you just have to create a strong process in your business to take care of your customers. You don't have to do it yourself. Yeah. I would I would say as well, and this is, it's hard to quantify and it kind of alludes to what we were talking about, like, you know, hopping in and out of Facebook groups and things like that. Um, but I wonder how much time is actually wasted for people to go to training things, you know, these like free training things or summits or yeah. conferences. I mean, there's a, you know, we've been to conferences and we speak at conferences. Um, 
and you get some really good information. But what I would say is when you go to those things, make it as part of your CEO thing, right? You're like, yeah, I'm going to go to a conference and these are the objectives that I'm going to have when I go there. I want to meet people that are doing X, Y, and Z. I want to make some connections. I want to learn about X, Y, and Z. And guess what? If you don't have to go to every session at the conference in case, just in case by osmosis that something's going to go into your head that wasn't there before, go with intention, not necessarily everything. Because yeah. as a human, we're not going to absorb everything and you're not going to be able to action everything in the business as well. So when you're thinking about those things, just think about what's my intent because you're going to have the plan and make sure that what you're doing is, is aligned to that plan of what you need to do next. So someone's talking about how to build a eight figure business and you're not even, you know, $10,000 or you're just launching, it's probably, you probably don't need to go to that session right now, right? Just yeah. go to the session that makes the most sense. Yeah. And it's just a funny story about conferences because, you know, we, we've been to many conferences and I will tell you, I probably learned more at the bar than I have in any one of those conference rooms. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's tr truth. I mean, most of the good speakers aren't hanging out in the conference rooms. They're actually, you know, mingling and networking and you get to talk to them, right? So you get to talk to them for free one-on-one -on -one or in a small group just by not being in that room because yeah. they're out somewhere. They got to be somewhere in that conference area. They're not just magically transported away as soon as they walk off stage. Um, and I'm not saying you have to walk, you know, only talk to those speakers, but that's the thing. Like if you're, if you're, savvy about how you work at a, you know, a convention or a conference uh, and you understand that you only need to get certain pieces of information. You don't need to go to everything. You're going to, your brain's going to be a lot less full. You'll know what actions to take and you'll be able to actually connect with the right people once you leave the room. And then you can actually find those people throughout wherever that con con convention is. And usually a lot of times people congregate at bars or restaurants or whatever. You don't have to be drinking. It could be middle of the day or whatever, but you still will find them, you know, getting lunch or whatever. And obviously you don't want to roll up on people and just bother them. But if they're talking to people, then feel free to kind of join the conversation and don't just be shy and in the corner and be like, oh, I don't want to go over there. That person's rich and famous. It's usually not how it is. <laughs> no, it's not. Usually it's just because, you know, you've been asked to, to speak about because you've been good at something or you've yeah. got some insight to be able to help perspective. And so people are just people, right? Ordinary people. I mean, I had someone following me to the toilet once, which was quite funny. Yeah. But, you know, um, I'm not saying you should do that, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think um, people are happy to talk, right? We're just all human at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I think just having that intent, you're going to get a lot more out of something than if you just go there you know, just because you think that you're going to magically find a hack or something like that, right? Yeah. If you go there, I need to know these things. Somebody at that conference is going to know how to do those things. So that's kind of what I mean, right? And that, that's definitely going to be a $10,000 tax. Yeah. And usually you'll find the people that you want to work with. And, 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 and conversely, if you find somebody that you're like, think is really good, has really good ideas, and they don't want to talk to you, it's good to know that now because otherwise you'll probably have spent five, ten thousand dollars on trying to work with them and then they wouldn't want to work with you then either. Yeah. Because if they're that standoffish <laughs> about, you know, talking to you at a conference, they're probably going to be that way when you actually try to pay them money to work with them later. So just keep that in mind because it's tell it's a telling story when, you know, people aren't, you know, willing to, you know, talk to you and help you even for free. I mean, every everybody I know that's any good at the Amazon business will pretty much talk to you. Yeah. And they absolutely. have no problems with that. And the people that wouldn't, I wouldn't even bother talking to anyway. So it's, it's what you can find out when you go to these things. Yeah. 
All right. So a little sidebar on conferences there, but definitely <laughs> worth knowing because that is part of the personal development and growth of you as the CEO, right? So that's one of those things that you can attribute to like a $10,000 task because it really will in the end launch your ability to understand your business even better. Yeah. Um, sorry. I just want to, yeah. The reason I wanted to talk about that was because I just see so many people paying a lot of money to go to conferences and that's what they do. It's yeah. they're like they're conference junkies yep. and not taking some of that stuff and implementing it. And so that's, yeah, yeah, it's clearly a little bit of an obsession of mine, but yeah, it's kind of just be, be intentional about what yeah. you're doing and why you're doing it. And, and it's so funny because they might be like, oh, I got a free ticket because I'm part of their, their mastermind or whatever. It's like, well, how much do you spend on the mastermind? How much are you paying for the hotel and the flights and all that stuff? It's like that free ticket's like 500 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> like you've just well, spent $10,000. If you $10, live, $10, live anywhere there. else, it's exactly. like a thousand. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. And the next thing you obviously want to do is to find out what you should stop doing entirely in your business and even your personal life that provides no form of positive growth for you. Now, I'm not saying that you don't have downtime. I'm not saying that you don't want to sometimes just relax. That is recharging. That's that's a positive form of growth because you do need to recharge. I'm not saying you're endlessly like grinding yourself to a pulp. That's not what we want for you guys. But think about these things. How much time do you spend on social media in a day? I mean, I know that I was doing too much actually in about June of last year and in, in 2020, I just stopped. I stopped going on Facebook. I don't miss it one bit. Like I'll go in there just to check to make sure I don't have anything important, ever, like probably maybe once a day at most, but it's literally like, look at the notifications, nothing important. Cool. Go away. That's all I do. And I don't even think I do it every day. I think I might do it maybe three times a week at most. And so I went from probably spending two hours a day on social media to five minutes a week. And if you can do that, if you can think about like all the time that you spend on social media and your phone app actually has, every phone has an app that says like, you know, your, your, your screen health or whatever they call it, your digital health. They'll tell you like, Hey, you spent two hours on these, these platforms. And then you'll really realize it's not about you not having time in your day. It's about you making the time in your day to be, you know, positively growing your, your business. A lot of people want to procrastinate. And that's kind of my second point here is, procrastinating with the business by finding any odd job around the house or anything like social media or whatever, just to be like, I don't want to, I don't want to face the fact that something I have to do has to be done. It's like, Oh, that's, that's tough. You know, binge watching TV shows for fear of having to face the harsh reality of your business because it's not as successful as you want. So you want to, you know, sulk and drown out your misery by watching game of Thrones for the next three hours. These things aren't for, you know, you know, positive growth, right? Like if, if you've done something productive in your day and you reward yourself by watching a couple episodes of TV or whatever, that's totally different. But if you're hiding from your responsibilities or you're accountable, you know, staying from uh, being accountable in business, that's, that's a negative action that you're taking. Online gaming that consumes all your free time. I know people that do this. They'll play like <clears throat> Clash of Clans or whatever's out there or or even candy, whatever that's uh, candy, candy crush. crush. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, how can you spend three hours a day on this stuff? It makes no sense. People are always like, well, how are you so productive with your time? They're like, I just focus on that stuff. When I need to get something done, I just focus on that until it's done. If I didn't, I would be, you know, so far behind. It would take me three hours to get one thing done. Usually it takes me 30 minutes to an hour to get pretty much anything I want to get done. Now, obviously some tasks are, might be like multiple part series of, of like, adding these things together, but I don't sit there and go, Oh, I need to get the whole thing done at once. And then because it's such a big monster job, then I get like distracted and allow myself to, to walk away. Right. That's not, that's not helpful because if I think, okay, what can I get done in an hour? Then I only plan for an hour 
And then I make sure I get all that stuff done in an hour. And then I say, okay, I'll get the rest of this done tomorrow if I, if I haven't got it done. But basically, I need to get a certain amount done in that time. And it happens every single time. I've never had one day where I've gone, oh, man, I didn't get everything done that I wanted to get done, at least in that time spot, right? So like, if I say, okay, I've got everything done that I can get done for today, and then take a break, reward yourself. Yes, do something, go outside, do whatever you want to do, but just sit down and focus for those things. Another thing that you kind of alluded to with the, the conferences, and you even mentioned some of the webinars is basically, if you're sitting around watching webinar after webinar, trying to find a silver bullet to save your business, even though you know the foundation of your business is the problem, then basically, you know that you're afraid to put in the hard work to fix it. That's not how businesses get run. That's not how successful businesses and successful CEOs handle stuff, right? They don't go out looking for magic fixes. They look at the foundation of the business. What are the, what are the data? What's the data telling you? What are the metrics telling you? What's the processes and goals and all this other, what's, what's the business foundation? If something's broken there, chances are the whole business is going to be broken. So that's where you need to start. And we actually talked to our coaches as well about this. And um, Joe, one of our coaches was like, yeah, I think for, for her, she said, me knowing that the foundation of my business was broken was one of the reasons why I originally started working with you guys. And, and I think that is where most people, do, they don't want to face that reality. They're like, oh no, I've set the thing up. It's going already. So I've got the foundation. It's like, have you though? Because most people who don't, don't actually even know what the foundation should be, let alone where it's broken. And then I think that's what a lot of people keep trying to you know, build a house on a crummy foundation. It's like, you're basically building it on quicksand. So yeah. you didn't wait for the uh, cement to harden for your, for your foundation. Now your, your whole house is sinking. That's what the reality of most businesses are. They just keep throwing money into it and it just keeps sinking into a hole. So you need to understand that your foundation and how the, you run the business is set up. That's more important than, you know, new tricks and, and, and throwing stuff on top of a sinking ship. Yeah. And, and I think um, by that, what, what you also mean is that if you've done some kind of business building or you've done you've done some kind of um, training on how to sell on Amazon, right? And you haven't got that first product going or even your second product or whatever, it's not bringing you the money that you want. Chances are you need to go back to the drawing board and figure out, and I think we talked about in this last episode, all those data points that we talked about, right? You need to figure out, am I hitting the benchmarks? Because um, if, you, if you're not, I mean, chances are you're probably not because guess what? Most people, regardless of where you're at in the business, you're not going to have 100% um, awesomeness all the time. And so that's literally all you need to do. You don't need to be putting anything, a new strategy in there, i.e. Uh, going on Shopify or, like you said, you know, building a messenger list. We're not saying those things don't work, but if the if the foundation of the business is not working, then those things, it's like polishing a turd, isn't it? That's what we say, right? <laughs> you know, because it's not going to make any difference. And so that that's what we mean by the foundation. It's, it's having those core pieces of the business that are going to make it successful because all you're going to do is repeat the process. And so um, always go back to those metrics because that's the key thing that's going to make sure that you understand what the gap is. Yeah, and I think everybody knows pretty well that you can't polish a turd. You can, oh, but you can roll it in glitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we've, we've tried that at some point. <laughs> uh, that's, those are the words of a CEO right there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, CEOs that, you know, we're not made of some magical formula for success where they never fail, right? That's the whole point. The point is you're going to work hard. 
you are going to fail, but you're going to learn from those failures, right? So don't see it as a failure. I always used to hear people say this and I didn't fully get it. Um, but because I, to me, it just sounds trite. It's like, yeah, you know, fail hard and fast and all this other stuff. But basically what it means is not everything is going to go 100% to plan. So why didn't it work? And then make it better next time. That's literally how you have to think about it. It's a continuous process of learning by making mistakes, analyzing what went wrong and trying to solve problems. That's literally what you are in the business. And guess what? The bigger you go, the more problems you got. <laughs> so it's never going to be 100% awesome, right? But what's going to get make it a lot easier, a lot more fun is doing these key things. So the traits of a CEO, you've got to decide quickly. You've got to make a decision. Am I going to go this way or this way? If you just sit and procrastinate for ages and worry about making the wrong decision, then nothing's going to happen and you are going to fail. Um, not, you know, you're not going to be able to put something forward. So just get good at making decisions and don't worry about if it goes wrong. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what you've got to think about is make one, move on. Yeah. Chances are it's not life and death. So you don't have to spend that much time trying to decide if it's going to work or not. Yeah, exactly. You know, have to have some kind of, you know, perspective, but just make a decision and go for it. And then knowledgeable. So yeah, get some information, um, have some knowledge from the right people behind you. I think that's kind of what we were saying before, right? So as you go through business, what got you to where you are now is, is might not get you to the, to the next bit, right? And so you want to start thinking about who, who's kind of done where I want to go and are they prepared to help me get to where I want to go, right? Um, and by knowledge, what we also mean is get it number one from the right person, but then also take the, the advice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't just go, yeah, 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 but I know I know better. We, we have mentors all the time. And um, even though we've had some success, it doesn't mean to say that we're doing everything right. And so that's why we keep having mentors. And, and that's, that's how we improve and, and, and go and get better. The other key thing is lead by example. So um, if you've got starting to get a team in the business, how you want it to be treated, how you would like to be communicated to, um, how you want them to perform in the business, you need to do that as well, right? You need to be able to set those boundaries. Um, you need to be able to be able to give them the knowledge that they need and also help them make decisions that they need to need, need to do as well, right? So make sure that you, that you do that as well and that you're the example that you want other people to see. Also, you want to work hard, you know, you want to do stuff, um, but delegate. So that's what we were talking about earlier. Understand what your job is, understand what your team's role is. Make sure that you delegate, but with empowerment. Basically, what that means is, is, yep, you give people a task to do, but you also give them follow up. You're there to communicate and you don't smash them down if they do it wrong. Right. They need to learn. Now, if they keep making the same mistake over and over and over again, and you've given them all that love and, and the knowledge and all that other thing, then you've probably got a problem with, with that person, probably not the right person. So we're not saying you've just got to have a love fest and <laughs> keep people in the business, but you want to be able to make sure that you've given them all the right tools to be able to do it properly. A CEO also follows the data, like we've been talking about. It doesn't have to be 100% accurate, right? We talk a lot about forecasting. Um, it's, it's basically what you have at the time is the best guess you've got at that point. And that's why we always say keep reviewing because you're gonna get, as you start to review more, you're gonna have past data that is actual. And then you're gonna be able to use that actual data to forecast um, the, the business going forward. 
So a forecast doesn't have to be 100% accurate, but you need to know which direction you're going in. So that's mm -hmm. how you've got to think about it. Another key thing that we always say is 70% data, 30% JFDI, right? Just do it, basically. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, and you can imagine what the F stands for. So basically just get in there, get it done, and then learn as you go. Also, a good CEO listens to their team and it also helps guide their leadership style. For instance, not everyone's the same, right? Some people might like a really straightforward talking person. Another person might need a little bit more stroking, like we say, right? You know, virtual stroking. You know, you're doing a really good job. Sounds Some like a people... porn site, by the way. <laughs> Virtualstroking.com. <laughs> it's a new business. Um yeah, but you know, some people need that, right? If you just because you don't need it doesn't mean to say some people don't need that stuff. And we're not saying, you know, just oh, be overly, what's the word, sycophantic? Maybe not, but you know, overly sickly with it. Um, but people love to know they're doing a good job. Like me, I sent myself some flowers to tell myself that I was doing a great job. So, you know, just keep patting yourself on the back or make sure that other people feel that within the team as well and be accountable. So um, at the end of the day, you're the CEO in the business. You're the one that is totally responsible and accountable for the growth of that business. And, you know, there's one part of extreme ownership or uh, extreme ownership in, of leadership in a business. It doesn't matter if the team failed or someone in the team failed, at the end of the day, you are accountable for that. Mm -hmm. And so you have to think of it that way. Um, don't blame others. It's their fault. It's, oh, they didn't do what they should do. So I'm going to, I'm going to fire them or whatever. It's, it usually starts with you. And so if the team is not up to scratch. Then you have to look at yourself first and go, could I have done anything differently? And that's what we mean by being accountable. And at the end of the day, you are the one that's totally accountable whether the business is going well or if it's not going well and just be clear on that. Yep. And that's what this whole series is about. It really means that you have to be the person who fixes the problems when it gets hard. And unfortunately that's just how it is, isn't it? You have to yep. pick yourself up and keep going and you can get mentors that are going to help you and motivate you as part of your team moving forward. That's how you can think about it as well. Also peers around you that are doing the same thing that can motivate you and help you. But at the end of the day, it, it really comes down to you and how you have that support system around you to, to help you keep keep moving forward and solving the right problems. Yeah, and that's the, the, the real crux here. Is, I mean, this is like the seventh part of the series, right? If, if by now you haven't realized that being a CEO takes a lot of work, responsibility, accountability, and that doesn't sound like something that you want to do, then you shouldn't operate a business. You should be an employee. And that's totally fine because there's a lot less responsibility and a lot less ownership on an employee than there is on the people who own the businesses. When you own a business, everybody who works for you and everything that that business stands for falls eventually onto you to make the right decisions. And if you don't want that kind of pressure, don't run a business. I know there are people who are like, oh yeah, I want to run a business because it's easier than working. It's, 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 you know, kind of, you know, it's, it's a stress-free kind of way to live life. Absolutely not. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you here. You can have a business that has less stress than certain other businesses. Um, but in reality, the pressures of, of running your own business can be quite massive. I mean, it's, it's all reliant on you to be successful. You know, I, I think, you know, whatever celestial beings and cosmic forces has allowed me not to have a job since essentially 2015, because every single day, every single quarter, every single year, I'm thinking to myself, what if next year 
this doesn't work as well as it, it is right now. And I'm like, well, it's not going to, that's not going to happen because I'm going to work hard to make sure that it does in some way, shape or form. And that's, you know, Kirsty, both you and I are that way. It's like, we know how much is at stake if we decide to take a month off or not do things the way that they should be done. Right. Cause everything will start to, you know, decay underneath that if we, if we do that. So, you know, there, there has to be an accountability to your business. And if that's not something that you're willing to do, then unfortunately business is probably not the thing that you should be you know, focusing on. You should be focusing on getting a good income or a good salary or take a career or whatever. And that's, that's okay. I mean, you know, hundreds of millions of people do that and not everybody wants to be a business owner. I didn't think I wanted to be a business owner until I did. And then it was like, oh yeah, this is actually way better than working for somebody else. But that was my skill set, my my affinity, just like Kersey, same thing with you. Like you wanted to do that. You had that, you know, ownership and accountability for yourself. And that's, if you, if you don't have that, then your business will suffer drastically. So yes, things will get hard and you have to be the one to fix it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, yeah. And just on that, um, you know, the rewards are high and that's the difference, right? And I think that's why we ended up doing this because um, yeah, you have to put the time in, you have to be accountable, you have to solve problems. Um, but the rewards for doing that are way higher than if you're an employee. Yeah. Uh, so, but you still, you have to have those things because if the you risk is higher as well, but yeah, the risk is higher. Exactly. So yeah, risk reward, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've been in situations where it's like, oh shit, are we actually going to have the money this month? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but you, you pull something out, <laughs> right. And you go, yep. it actually helps you be creative, um, innovative. And you, if you've gone, you know, I think one of the key traits of a CEO as well is that you have to be um, continuously improving. I mean, that's that's one thing that you have to strive for. Unfortunately, you, you, you know, you can have a rest, obviously. And then over time, what you want is to build a great team that are like mini, mini U's, right? But also do things better than you so that you can actually really have the time off and, and really enjoy that, that yep. lifestyle as well. Um, but to get there, no one's an overnight success, right? Um, Usually you see these people um, and they're very successful or you you perceive that they're very successful. They've done it with a lot of graft or a lot of, as we say in England, um, behind that, you know, it's taken like 10 years to get there or even longer. So, um, you know, we looked at a lot of different things before we even started Amazon, right? And been trying to do this thing for a long time. So, um, yeah, you put the work in, but you get the higher rewards but if you don't want to put the work in, then that's totally fine as well, right? Um, but it's not going to be an easy sale. Um, some people make it quick, but then it, it can easily, that's when the holes appear and then they, they're they like, oh no, why didn't yeah. it work? Yeah, it's kind of like that thing, like if you lose a lot of weight really fast, you can probably gain it all back just as easily. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a great analogy. Yeah, exactly. You see that. Oh, people that win the lottery. How many people that win the lottery have the money in two years' time? Yeah, they're they're broke. They do a bunch of stupid stuff. They buy like a roller coaster, put it in their yard, and they're like, oh, uh, I have to maintain that thing or else it becomes a deadly machine? Oh, yeah, that was a freaking stupid purchase. Like, why would I do that? Yeah, Yeah. because if you work bloody hard for something, you ain't going to stick a roller coaster in your backyard until you've got billions of dollars, right? Yeah, (laughs) when I was talking to my friend the other day, I'm like, yeah, so think about this. Like, if you think that you want a mansion, say it's, you know, 10,000 square foot house, don't you think it's going to take a lot of effort to maintain that house? Yeah. 
think about like, even if you just want to clean the house, are you going to really spend time yourself to, to clean a 10,000 square foot house? No, you now have to hire a cleaning service daily, weekly, whatever. You probably are going to have some other things within that, right? So like, if you want to have people over, okay, well now you probably have to have somebody that helps take care of them. Like this house is going to be so massive that you're going to have other things that just kind of build onto the expenses that you probably don't foresee when you're imagining how glorious a 10,000 square foot house is going to be. So it's like, think about what you really want versus yeah. what sounds awesome in theory. Like we were actually out golfing and we see all these like million dollar homes and we're like, there's nobody in these houses. They don't even live here. So I mean, who's taking care of these houses? Like it makes no sense. They basically just have house sitters constantly or people that come in and check and clean and make sure the electrical's all working and stuff. It's like, this is crazy. Like when you have that much money that you stupidly spend it on stuff like that, then you can, then you can do that. But until then, like think about what you need more than what sounds awesome. I think, yeah, exactly. It's almost like what, what is going to make my life better? Like seriously better. Um, you know, someone like Warren Buffett, for instance, he's got a house. I think it's worth less, worth less than a million bucks. Right. The house he's never moved. I think since he was like in his, I don't know, thirties or something. Yeah. Nice house. But yeah, he's like, I don't need that anymore because I use my money in different ways. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if a, if a billionaire can, can kind of do that, then, you know, it's, I'm not saying don't have comfort, right. And don't have a bit more of a, you know, an awesome lifestyle. Um, but yeah, to your point, it's like, do you really need, if you've got like four people in the house, do you need a West Wing and a yeah, exactly. you know, 10 bedrooms or 20 bedrooms yeah. or whatever? It's like you could get like a two, three bedroom, four bedroom house on a lake and that would be way better and probably cost, you know, a 10th less than what you're probably spending. Yeah, and a nice boat, yeah. you know, a jet ski and lots exactly. of toys. Yep. <laughs> so just, I mean, you can spend money on things to reward yourself, but just think about what really makes sense because, you know, they, they always say more money, more problems. And really, if you spend stupidly, then you will absolutely get that in the end. So uh, make sure that everything is, is intentional. Actually, I don't really know sorry. how we got to that, but yeah. Yeah. Well, one, one key, I know, you know, with Robert Kiyosaki, right. But um, Jaya, my husband has got the, the game cash flow, mm-hmm. and we played it with the kids. Um, but it's actually quite a good game because you're in the rat race and the key, the key thing, and you've got to get out of the rat race, and that's when you make the big money, right? Yeah. The key thing that keeps you in the rat race is you buying stuff. So, like, as you're going around on the board game, it'll be like, bow, bow, and then you have to, like, pick up a card, and it'll be like, you've just bought a boat for five grand. And then you're like, no, why did I buy a boat? I can't yeah. get out of the rat race. So, it's actually quite a cool game for that, and the kids were playing it, and they were like, oh, yeah, I don't, we don't need to buy all that stuff. And they'll even say now, oh, we can't buy that because we'll be stuck in the rat race. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's quite funny. But it's a cool way of thinking about it. You're like, yeah, if I if I buy a load of bunch of stuff or a bigger TV or whatever, I'm just gonna be in the rat race. It's just forever. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So obviously to recap, the things that we wanted to cover today were, you know, number one, how to know what tasks are important for you as a CEO to work on. Number two, how to know what tasks are urgent, but basically you can get somebody else to take them on so you don't have to do them forever. Number three, how to know what tasks are not important, not urgent, so you can stop doing them forever, like social media, how to make sure you stay accountable to the high impact tasks, even when things are hard. And don't just, you know, make dumb decisions with the money that you have. Like they always say, like, the more money you have, the the, the more willing you are to spend it, right? So make sure that you know exactly where each, each dollar goes in your business and how you spend it. 
And remember guys, now that you're armed with this information, it's your job to implement it into your business and grow your business through action. Also to get some free training on what it takes to have a successful business to fuel your lifestyle, head to goteamreal.com to download our free training today. And we'll see you next week for the next Sprint to Profit episode. And as always, we wish you the best for you and your business. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you would like to get more information about selling on Amazon, head to goteamreal.com for some absolutely free training.